Welcome to the TVA Devotions Podcast. We want you to be encouraged by the Word of God, whether this is your first or your 50th time to listen. We hope we add value to you through God's Word today. Welcome to TVA Devotions. This is Coach D. I'm a head volleyball coach, uh, but more importantly, I'm a follower of Christ. Appreciate you uh, joining us today. Uh, this devotion is just for those of us that might be at a club tournament on a Sunday and not be able to make it to our church. Uh, this is, again, just something where we can kind of visit with God, have some time to think about uh, what it is that He has for us this weekend and this week, and uh, I pray that it blesses your life. Uh, God bless and uh, enjoy. Now, many of you that really know me, I've told you before, I'm a bit of a math nerd. I majored in mathematics. I got my degree from Liberty University, one of the greatest schools in the history of the world. Um, but I'm a math nerd. I actually taught math for nine years of my adult life. Um, I've taught from pre-algebra to calculus. I even was a professor. They used to call me the lofty prof D, Professor D. And uh, I taught a session, two sections of intermediate algebra. Um, and what you might not know about me, I, and not very many people know, a lot of people know I'm a math nerd, but people don't know that I actually was a teacher and I was a coach of a math team. Now, if you think I'm a nerd, think about me coaching a math team. Now, here we go. Math team. All right. So I'm t coaching a geometry math team. And so we're over there saying A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Come on, you got this Pythagorean theorem. No, not quite that. But in the math team, we had to answer different things. We had quiz bowls. We had different things that we had to learn about geometry. And geometry is such a wonderful subject. I love to talk about geometry and the physics of volleyball because volleyball is a lot of geometry, but I won't bore you with that. But I will tell you that in geometry, one of the most things, and if you've gone through geometry, you probably, I don't know if you guys even do them anymore, but we had these things called two column proofs. And for a lot of my students, it was the death of them. They were like, oh my goodness, uh, Coach D, what are we doing? Actually, it's Mr. D, whenever I was, um, whenever I was uh, there, teacher. But uh, Mr. D, they said, what are we doing? What are two column proofs? Why do we need to know about two column proofs? Because two column proofs, basically, it had something where it said, hey, I think this is right. I think A squared plus B squared equals C squared. If you want to get really nerdy, it would say the sum of the squares of the legs of a right triangle are equal to the square of the hypotenuse. And you're like, uh, what did you just say? And so, but in order to say that theorem, the Pythagorean theorem, the theorem is just a statement. Without proof, it's just a statement. So we have to prove what that theorem says in order to use it. It's like me saying that, um, you know, it's like basically it's circular reasoning without proof. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we have proof. And uh, that's what two column proofs are. So we have statements, we have reasons. And then within geometry, we have these things called biconditional statements. And the definition of a biconditional statement, you're like, Coach D, are we really going to sit here and have a geometry lesson? I will never listen to your podcast again. Um, but no, we have these things called biconditional statements. They're called if-then statements. It's used in computer science as well. But basically, if is a hypothesis, and then then 
is a conclusion. And I told you before in a previous podcast that I believe that everybody is in one of three states. You are either going through something, a trial, you're about to go into a trial, or you've just got through going through a trial. And today I want to kind of talk to you about those of you that are here and you need to hear from God. You're looking for direction. You're looking for guidance. You're looking for clarity. I want to talk to some of you guys that might be struggling with a sin that you think even God couldn't forgive you. And then I'm going to talk to those people that are are hurting and need healing, whether it's sickness, whether it's your heart, whether it's your knee or your ankle. If you want healing, that's what today is all about. Let's pray before we get started. God, I pray that you would speak through me today, Lord, that there would be no Justin D, but there would be all Jesus Christ. And I pray right now that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to talk today about 2 Chronicles 7.14. I am not a political guy. I I do not talk politics at all. Um, But I believe in our land right now, we are very divided. And uh, this verse is going to be used by uh, evangelicals a lot. Um, but Second Chronicles seven fourteen. I'm going to. It's an if then statement. It's a biconditional statement. It has an if. It has a a um, hypothesis, and then it has a then, and it has a conclusion. And let me just read it for you. Verse fourteen from Second Chronicles uh, chapter seven. It's in the Old Testament. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so as I break this down, as I take this verse and I break it down, I have to take the first first word. And then we're not going to do a one by one because I'm not going to keep you here for three hours. You got to go play or you got to go to sleep or you got to do something. But the first word is if. So the statement, if we're doing a two column proof of this verse, the first statement is if. And the reason for that is we have a choice. God gives us free will. He doesn't say, you have to do this. He says, if you want the conclusion, you have to do the hypothesis. So you have a choice. If you want healing, if you want direction, if you want clarity, if you want forgiveness, if you want mercy, you have to do this. So you have a choice. Are you going to step in? Are you going to give it your all? If we have a choice. The second statement is, my people. I love this because my reason is I have this word MKOG. If you ever watch me as I'm recruiting, I'm walking around the uh, the gym. I'll be taking a look at my university athlete. You must do university athlete. Take a look at the Volley Academy if you need help. But if you look at my university athlete, if I really, really, really like a player, I put MKOG by her name because it means my kind of girl. And I believe that in this verse, it says, if my people and God's saying, are y'all my people? (laughs) I mean, really, are you my people? Volleyball people are my people. Happy people are my people. People that love God and are called according to his purpose are my people. And so for me, when I I see this and I see that word, my people, I always think of my kind of girl, that MKOG. And I believe God's kind of saying, hey, are you one of my people? Do you love me? No, no, not just on Sunday, but in the mornings on Monday morning when you're walking into school, on Saturday night when you're hanging out with your friends. Are you one of my people? 
So God says, if we have a choice to make, are you going to do it? My people, are you one of God's people? And if you are, it says the next thing, who are called by my name? Now, my last name is D. I represent my family. I represent my brother. I represent everybody that has my name D that's in my family. My sister and my mom, they have different names uh, because God has brought us into different places. But those people are called by my name. So when I have statement number three, who are called by my name, I have the reason is Christians. And I talk about it. Think about the club that you're on right now. Think about the people that you play for right now. Think about the team. Maybe you're in high school. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're out. Maybe you're a mom or a dad. But think about your name. That puts you into something. Not only are you one of God's kind of people, my kind of girl or my kind of guy, but you are called by my name. If you pronounce the word Christian, we have to be qualified. And I believe if we make that choice and we are God's kind of people, my people, my kind of guy or my kind of girl who are called by my name, if we say that we are Christians, now we are qualified. So that breaks up the first the first set of this verse. And then it moves it on to the hypothesis section. And it, I, I kind of put it down here. It says, now comes our responsibility. And there are a couple of things that we have to do. We have to do four different things here. God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. So that's the statement we have to do. You have to humble yourself. The reason for that, I got out of Philippians 2. In Philippians 2, 3, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Now, I'm, I'm actually writing a book, and I, I, don't, I don't write. I've never done it before, but it's just something I like to do. And I'm, we're going over, we went over this year in, uh, in our team, our college, my college team. I, I look through it, and this book that I'm writing is about 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, love is patient, love is kind. And I got into these two chapters right now, which love does not boast and love is not proud. And it really makes me kind of key into this part of the verse where we will humble ourselves. And I think when we're in humility and when we get a great kill, we look at the setter and we say, great set. And when the attacker looks at the setter and the attacker says, great set. The setter looks at the, the libero or at the defender and says, great dig, great pass. And then the passers look at the blockers and say, great blocking, way to give me a lane to be in. And all of us are deflecting the praise so that others are lifted up and we are adding value to others. If we humble ourselves, God will lift us up. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, second thing we have to do after we humble ourselves is pray. In Thessalonians, it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I talked to you last time. Is There's a lot of times you come into church and the pastor is praying and everybody's got their head bowed and their eye closed and you will look at me. I don't have my head bowed. I don't have my eyes closed because my life is a life of prayer. One of the versions of the Bible doesn't say pray continually. It says pray without ceasing. 
So the statement here, it says, first, we have to humble ourselves. The second statement is, statement is, and pray. We've got to pray. As the great philosopher MC Hammer once said, you've got to pray just to make it today. And that's, we pray, pray. Okay. I'll stop singing, but you have got to pray without ceasing. We talked about it last week when we talked about steps to perfect peace. I'm giving you steps to hearing from heaven, to forgiveness and for healing. God asked us to humble ourselves. He asked us to pray and not just pray once, pray without ceasing. (laughs) I'm looking ahead. Sorry. Number four, we'll go to it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, number number three, excuse me, and seek my face. Have you ever lost your keys? Have you ever been late to something and you lost the tickets to it or you lost your wallet or you've misplaced your keys or your jacket or that really, really nice top that goes with that bottom or your shoes and you're just going crazy and you are turning the house upside down down. Have you ever lost somebody in a place? Have you ever been in a big crowd and the people that you were with, you've lost them? Now, today in today's world, it's so easy because you got cell phones. You say, where are you at? (laughs) But in my day, if I lost somebody, we had to have a meeting spot. We had to say at 5 p.m., meet me by the directory in the mall or at 3.30 p.m., meet me by um, the big Epcot wheel at Disney World. So statement number three says, or statement here um, for our responsibilities is seek my face. And I really believe that it's God telling us, okay, are you for real? Are you looking for me like you look for your keys when you're late? Are you looking for me like you're going to a wedding, maybe even your wedding, or you're going to your volleyball game and you know coach is going to make you run or you have to sit out the first set if you're late and you're like, I got to find these keys. And you look and you look and you look and that is your whole priority is to find these keys. That's what God's asking us. He says, and seek my face. That's the statement. And the reason I have here is Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Like it is everything everything. Seek and ye shall find. That's in Matthew as well. It's Matthew 7. It's in the next chapter. When God says to seek my face, he's not saying, hey, God, where are you? Hey, God, uh, hey, I appreciate you. He's saying, get on your knees, get in the closet, get away from people, pray without ceasing, but seek my face. Go looking for me. If you really want change in your life, if you really want what we're about to talk about in the promise, in the conclusion, then what you need to do is you need to humble yourself. You need to pray. And I say pray without ceasing. You need to seek my face. Step number four, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And here's the tough one. And turn from their wicked ways. Some of y'all are going through some stuff. You're asking God to help you in one area of your life. But this other area of your life is so far away from God. It's your wicked ways, whatever it may be. Maybe you're disrespecting your mom and dad. Maybe it's the things that you, you text to people, the words you use. 
the things you you look at, the types of movies that you see, the type of music that you listen to, those things that are not what God wants you to do, those are your wicked ways. And God is saying, you're asking and asking and asking, but part of your life is so filthy right now. You are so unclean right now. If you want my answer, if you want my help, I need you to take a look around you. Take a look at yourself. Look in a mirror. What part of your life is not in the way of God? What part of your life is in a wicked way? And God is asking us here in step number four of our responsibility. God is asking you to turn from your wicked ways. I'm going to kind of give away a little bit here. But 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, and this is what God is asking us to do. Basically, this is confessing your sins. When he says, turn from your wicked ways, it's an old Baptist thing saying, come back to Jesus and confess your sins. And in the Bible, it says, if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. but it doesn't stop there. I stopped for dramatic pause. I know I'm such a great thespian, but it doesn't stop there. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And he doesn't stop there. And it says, and it cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is waiting. God is waiting right now to take away your pain. God is waiting right now to clean you of your filthiness and parts of your life that you're keeping from him. He is waiting. He's sitting there ready to run to you. It's like the prodigal son. He's sitting on the steps. And when he sees that son turn around and come back, he runs to them, grabs him up, pulls his head to his chest and wipes the tears from his eyes. And God is saying, all you need to do is make that turn Turn from your wicked ways. Confess your sins. I am faithful and just. I forgive you. You have not done anything that is outside of my love. And not only that, I'm going to cleanse you from it. And now I'm talking to you guys that we say it in Baptist terms, your rededicator is messed up. You have rededicated your life so many times and then fallen back into sin and then come and rededicated your life and then fallen back into sin and saying you're going to get it right and then fallen back into sin. You have not confessed your sins and turned from your wicked ways. You've just asked God to kind of wipe them out, and but you're still doing the same thing. God doesn't say, you know what? Let's get rid of this today. We'll talk about tomorrow and tomorrow. He says, turn, run, get out of the way, turn from your wicked ways. When you turn from them and you start getting your life right, you seek my face, you pray without ceasing, you humble yourselves. I will cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. I will cleanse you from your wicked ways. I will cleanse you from your, your unclean parts of your, of your day, of your life. And God tells us that if my people who are called by my name will, and that's, that tells us who we are. We are qualified. Hopefully that's you today. If you're not one of God's people, if you're not called by his name, if you're not a Christian, let's get that taken care of right now. All you got to say is Jesus, 
I need you. I can't do this life on my own. Man, I am going and going and going. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I can't do it. And God says, if you're one of my people, if you're called by my name, you can do all things because I will give you the strength. So if that's you today, all you got to say is this right now, Jesus, I need you. There's not some verse. There's not some long prayer that you have to do. You don't have to jump three times and clap your feet. You don't have to do any of that. All you got to say is, Jesus, I need you. I want to be called by your name. I want to be a Christian. That's all you need to do. Now you're qualified. Now you're part of his family. Now you're an MKOG. God's saying, that's my kind of girl. That's my kind of guy. That's the type of person I want to be around. And you're called by his name. Welcome to the family. Now all of us, we're qualified. Now God, in order to take that next level of healing, of forgiveness, of guidance, of clarity, God says you got to do four things, just four things. You got to humble yourself. And I I say in my book, when I'm going over 1 Corinthians 13, you got to get over yourself. Number two, you got to pray. And I'm not just saying, um, God bless this meal. Amen. (laughs) We're not talking about a meal here. We're talking about your life. We're talking about everything that happens in your life. And it's not you sitting and bowing your head and closing your eyes and every head bowed. And I see that hand. It's God saying, just talk to me. Make your life a life of prayer. Number three, you got to seek God's face. You got to find him in the everyday. You got to look for him like you're looking for breath. You got to look for him like you're looking for your keys. You got to seek him out. And when I say seek him out, that really talks about your prayer life too. You cannot just stop right before you eat your meal and, you know, do whatever. You got to seek him out daily, minute by minute, second by second. Make your life a life of prayer. Seek his face instead of seeking what everybody, the likes on Facebook, or you guys don't use Facebook anymore, but the likes on Instagram or the, the follows on Twitter or the Insta, Insta twit. I don't know what it's called, but those type of things. And the last thing, you have to turn from your wicked ways. I can't say it enough. You can't find God when you're still sitting with the devil. You got to get away. You got to run away. You're like, it's tough. I know it's tough. God's not asking you to say, God, forgive me for this stuff. And then you stay sitting in the filth. He's saying, turn, run, get out and turn from your wicked ways. Then it says, then this is the promise. This is the conclusion in our biconditional statement. Math nerds rejoice. But this is what God has for you. Says, if you do all these things, you have a choice, but your choice right now is to do all things, these things. If you do, here's my promise. Then I will hear from heaven. God's got something to say to you today. You guys that are running around wondering what you're going to do with your life. Wondering where you're going to go to college. Wondering what your next job is. Wondering which boy to date. You got time, wait. Wondering what you're going to, what position you're going to play in school. Wondering what you're going to do tomorrow. Wondering what am I supposed to do with my life, God? And you need clarity. 
You need direction. You need guidance. God says, if you do all these things, then you will hear from heaven. I, God, will talk to you. You and me, the creator of the world, is going to talk to you. Then I will hear from heaven. Number two, then I will forgive their sin. Our president at our school that I that I coach at says, there is nothing that you can do to make God love you more. And get this, there is nothing that you can do to make God love you less. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God will forgive you your sin. And remember the second part of that verse, he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you have to do is do these things, turn from your wicked ways and confess, and God will forgive you that guilt, that shame, whatever it is in your life, God will cleanse you. God will forgive you and bring you joy into your life. And lastly, it's all over the place. It's, everybody's getting sick around my school. I got a little bit, you can hear a little bit of a raspiness in my voice. You need healing. Does somebody in your family need healing? Does your school, does your team, is there somebody in your team that needs healing? Is, does somebody need spiritual healing? Do you think America needs healing? <laughs> if not, just turn on the news, fake news or whichever one you want to listen to. I'm not getting political, but I'm just telling you, God wants to heal this land. God wants to do something through you to your teammates, to your classmates, to your family. God wants to heal. God has come to heal. You're saying God, God didn't heal my mom or dad or my, my grandma or grandpa when they had cancer. I'm right there with you. But I didn't do these things. I believe God is the mighty healer. If I humble myself, if I pray, if I seek his face, if I turn from my wicked ways, God promises us, and I believe his promises, that he's going to speak to us. We're going to get clarity. We're going to get guidance. We're going to get directions straight from the source, straight from the creator of the world. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. God will forgive you. Stop holding on to whatever you're holding on to right now that is weighing you down. God wants to heal you. I will heal their land. I will heal their family. I will bring revival on their team, in their house, in their school, in their city, in their workplace. This is what God wants for you. This is what God says in this. There's my two-column proof. I've proven it. It's a Bible verse. I don't need to prove it. It's God's word. That's all you need to know. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I pray God has added value today through his word. Thank you so much for listening. I'm just a servant. I'm just a servant. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. May my life be a life of prayer. 
may I long to seek your face. Lord, help me to turn from my wicked ways, the parts of my life that I try to hold on to so dearly. I pray I give them to you. I'm looking for your healing. I'm looking for your forgiveness and mercy. I'm looking for your guidance and direction. We love you. Amen. Good luck this weekend. Travel safe. And thanks for listening. God bless.